This is the 385th episode of Coffee Shop Conversations. That's a lot of talking, and not all of it by me. Next week, KMHD's head honcho Matt Flieger will be here, and the following week, Nick O'Lane, ace publicist, will visit the cafe. Today, writer Larry Colton is sitting across from me. He has authored six books, was the founder of Wordstock, now known as the Portland Book Festival. He was also a pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies and the beloved Portland Mavericks. What, no music? What, me worry? By the time we're finished, this will not be an issue. Welcome back, Larry Colton. so happy that I was, since this is a music podcast, that I would could get somebody of your caliber, Michael Bolton. <laughs> well, you could pick somebody better than Michael Bolton. I once, well, it rhymes with Colton. Oh, okay. I, I once made the mistake of buying a Michael Bolton CD. <laughs> no, it was a Kenny G CD. For, well, what's the difference? <laughs> what? What's the difference? <laughs> for my uh, wife, and it was... Uh, well, she left me, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> if you bought one for me, I'd leave you. Well, I thought, you know, I didn't know. <laughs> That's funny. Well, yes, we do have people who are not in the music field. Have you ever played a musical instrument? No, my mom uh, offered to give me uh, piano lessons when I was about 11, but I said I didn't know how, so I didn't do it. Um, and then there was accordion lessons that were dangled in front of me. But Really? I could have been with Lawrence Welk. You never know. You could have played Lady of Spain. I adore you. But <laughs> Pull down your pants. I'll explore oh, you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This Seventh is, grade. Come on, well, what are you now? Sixth Eighth grade. Eighth grade? Sixth grade. Okay. <laughs> so, so uh, no, I never. Uh, but I've hosted a bunch of musicians. I've had Metallica spend the night in my house. Get out of here. Yeah. Lars Ulrich and uh, James Hedrick. They spent the night in my house. What they was were the, on their Kill 'Em All tour. What was the occasion? The occasion was my daughter and her friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that they were. And first of all, my question is, this is Metallica. Of course, it was their first tour uh Kill them all. It was actually the second tour, but w why couldn't they afford a nice big room at the Marriott or yeah, something really. like, like that? <laughs> and so, anyway, there they were. In, in, in your house? Wow. In my house, I spent the night. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. So, oh well. Could I have your autograph? No, that's okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. They, I didn't ask for it. They were eating grape nuts when I woke up. They made themselves, uh, went in and served <laughs> themselves some grape nuts. Cheap bastards. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> they could go out to Howard Johnson's or something. Yeah, I know? mean, Elvis didn't do that. No, you know, go get an Egg McMuffin, for yeah, Christ's right. sake. Well, they didn't have Egg McMuffins when Elvis was coming up. Uh, not Elvis, no. Yeah. But uh, they did with those other guys, Metallica. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, good. So, um, what are you working on? Uh, another book, um, and it's uh, tentatively titled, um, uh, It Could Have Been Worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's a memoir, and the subtitle is, How the Silent Generation Invented Modern America. Oh. Yeah. Because we did. I don't know if people know that. But nobody knows who the silent generation is. I'm guessing your listeners out there, both of them, probably <laughs> don't know the silent generation. Everybody knows millennials and, and, uh -huh. and uh, baby boomers and all that. Why but, don't you tell them? Well, we're from 1928 to 1945, uh -huh. uh, birth date. And uh, so we're between the baby boomers and the greatest generation. Yeah. And but the the name Silent Generation started because of a uh, article in Time Magazine. This is way before they started naming generations. Yeah. And they wrote an article about the younger generation, and they said that we were unmotivated, uh, um, didn't care about. They, it's, they really put us down, and they named us the Silent Generation <laughs> in in this uh, article, and it stuck when they started naming uh -huh. things. But we are. It's the worst named generation of them all. 
because we are the loudest generation. We are the 60s generation. We invented rock and roll. We invented to protest the war, uh, the uh, civil rights. Martin Luther King, Muhammad Ali are of our generation. Don't, 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 the boomer, don't boomers get credit for that? No. They try to, but no, they don't. We did it. I'm sorry. Look it up or read my book. <laughs> I sort of agree, but I, I, but 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 not 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 completely because. Well, I I'm I could walk off of this damn podcast right now unless you say <laughs> I agree 100 percent with you. Why am I going to be here to be you know badgered like this? I agree with Michael Bolton. Oh no, Kenny G. I'm sorry, I got it mixed up. No, I got it mixed up with you. Oh okay. Anyway, well that's interesting because um you know I mean we were both there. Yeah. And, you know, I marched in all those all those demonstrations. I got arrested in all those for all, all, all those activities. Now, I'm on. I'm, I'm I'm I was born in 46. So I'm on the edge. No, you're not. You're a boomer. You're not. I'm sorry to break the news to you, <laughs> but you've, you've been passing yourself off as silent generation. No, you're no, not, no. You didn't know because no. nobody even knows what the silent generation is until my books come along and I'm going to inform the people. That's my job. And so, um, 46, no, you're the, you're the cutting edge of the boomers. So that's probably why you're all up in arms, because you're saying that we're taking the boomers. No. Uh, I, have, uh, no I have two daughters. They're Gen Xers. Yeah. Yeah. What they're good for, I don't know. I don't well, my that. daughters are good for stuff. But, <laughs> but uh, as a collective whole, I don't know. Maybe because they have Prince or somebody like yeah. that. I don't know. Boomers got a bad rap, because because of uh, Trump. Yeah, well, uh, we now uh, have our first Biden as the first silent generation, yeah. but there's been a couple of boomers. There was uh, Trump sure. and, and uh, George W. and right. Obama and Clinton. Yeah, yeah. So we finally stepped to the plate with the great <laughs> Joseph Bush. No, not Bush. Excuse me, Biden. Biden. Whatever. Yeah. So what, 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 what is the book about, though? Well, okay, the book is about, it's a memoir, so All therefore right. it would be about okay. me. Good. But it, it, I weave in, and I pick 40 people from the uh, silent generation, famous people like Muhammad Ali or Elvis is uh -huh. another one, uh -huh. or, or uh, Gloria um, Steinem. And so I, I have how their lives impacted me. And uh, huh. the generation. Uh -huh. So I weave my story into their story. Some of them I met personally, and some of them are just, you know, how they. Uh, John Lewis is another example. Uh -huh. um, so um, I see by the red light on your little uh, um, no, uh, meter. No, no, I, have have we lost all this? Am I going to have to no, recreate no, this? No, no, not at all. Okay. Not all at right. all. That, that uh, means it's recording. Oh, good. I was just checking the battery level. Right. This is one of the lowest. Um, tech places I've ever had the pleasure of talking at. If you looked under that that black um, Mariah there, Mamba, uh, black Mamba. There <laughs> was a new black Mamba, and no, they call him a light skinned Mamba. He plays for somebody. I, I heard him say that on really? the NBA <laughs> announcing <laughs> gig last night. <laughs> call him a light skinned Mamba. Okay, who is the most um, uh, impactful? Uh, of 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 your generation to you to me personally yeah oh so John Lewis um, okay uh, I would say perhaps when I was in college um, uh, I was you know I was going to be a ball player so I wasn't really that academically or intellectually uh, inquisitive yeah. but I had to write a paper I wrote a paper on um, the student nonviolent coordinating committee SNCC SNCC yeah and Stokely um, Carmichael no. Oh, well, later on, but uh, yeah. John Lewis was the, the original ex yeah. uh, mm -hmm. executive director. He was also on the Freedom Rider buses mm -hmm. and got mm -hmm. his head bashed in. He mm -hmm. was arrested 45 times. But I, I wrote a letter to him, and he wrote me back. And wow. so, so uh, he was like 23 at the time. And so I wrote this paper on SNCC, and, and I really got into it. And it was a 60-page paper, and it maybe indirectly it got me interested in writing. But it also opened my eyes. You know, I came out of the 50s and a uh -huh. Republican household and, oh. and was a ball player, and I didn't right. think along those lines. And then uh, 
because of him and exposure to SNCC and and the good work, you know, they were so influential in the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and then I followed his career. I didn't know it, but when he won his when he was elected, he defeated um, uh, Julian Bond, who was another. I never knew civil, that. Yeah, he was uh, in Georgia. Wow. Yeah, and Julian Bond was a sitting state legislator. He was a star. Yeah, he was a superstar, but John yeah. Lewis beat him. Wow. Yeah, it was huh. back in the 60s. Interesting. Maybe 70s. Yeah. Huh. So, so he so was— So do you, do you still have that letter from John Lewis? No. Here's, oh. the, here's the weird thing about it. It would be worth something, and, I, and this is actually in the book. Um, I also was working at Nike. So another big influence person who uh, uh, influenced me was Phil Knight. Huh. Um, and, and if you look at Nike and their, what, what they did for changing the culture of uh, 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 activities and uh, sports in this country, mm -hmm. they completely redesigned it. Nobody jogged before Nike came along. Right. And so, um, but I was working there. I was on the team on the release of Air Jordan. I was a minor player on the, de on wow. the deal. I, I, trust me, I wasn't that. What do you think of the of the of the of the, uh, of the series? It's it's a movie. It's a, uh, it's only. I thought. Oh, it's not. It's, it's not a, a movie. Minute, okay. a, yeah. I I went. I saw it. I thought. I thought it was great. Uh, except yeah. there was one of the guy in there, uh, Rob Strasser, who was played by Jason Bateman. Rob Strasser was a big tub of goo um, uh, <laughs> and a, a butt, but, uh, and so Jason Baseman didn't play him that way. Uh. But I thought overall it was good. I mean, um, uh, but I had a pair of Air jo original Air Jordans, <laughs> and they were just auctioned off a, a pair just like it by Christie's for $300,000. Oh, I left them in a locker, and they disappeared. Oh, and man. so the, the letter, back to the letter to, from John Lewis, was uh, so I had this letter, and the next semester, this young co-ed at I was going to Cal Berkeley, and she had, was taking the same class, but it had a different professor, and it was like a week before the paper was due, and she hadn't even started, it, and she <laughs> she said, uh, "Can I take a look at your paper?" Well, she not only took a look at my paper, she turned it in word for word because the professor that I had had written on a separate piece of paper, so he didn't he didn't write on the original copy, oh, so it was geez. clean copy. So she turned it in word for word, but I gave her the whole package and she um uh, i got i got a b on my thing she turned in the same thing the only thing was different i retyped her title page because <laughs> you know so it looking the same typewriter yeah yeah you know and i was the one who had to spend all the money on whiteout not her <laughs> so what, what what grade did she get she got an A. She got a, she, I got a B, and she got the same paper. She got an A. And that was when I first learned. You know, I've been a writer for forty some odd years. That's yeah. when I first learned there's no justice in the in the literary profession. Well, that's true. Yeah, and no yeah. honor among thieves. Yeah, and so and not only that, I never even got lucky with her. So what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but here's the the. Sad ending to that was this is about ten years ago. So that was in 1963 or four when she borrowed that paper, <laughs> and then about ten years ago I heard that um, she uh, she became an alcoholic and she oh. uh, was smoking in bed and fell asleep and oh, and burned down her house and she died in the house fire. Well, and I, I guess that'll teach her. And I yeah, and it, not only that, I, I, it, probably my paper went up in smoke. Oh too. right, yeah, I'm sure right. she saved it as a memento of our you know almost dating. Do you have your copy? Uh, that, that's a good question. So I, you didn't you didn't refer to it in the book, huh? I mean, you didn't go. No, I must it, not have it because I gave her my material. copy, oh, pristine. Geez. Yeah, no, oh my God. no, it's in the book. But I yeah. changed the story in the book only in that I said she she just retyped it. She didn't retype. She didn't even retype it. She just turned <laughs> it in word for word. But it was too long to explain that in the book. Yeah, I had to be concise, so I just said she she got she uh, retyped it. But uh, but so no, she took it all away by turning in my exact same paper. <laughs> Did you ever get to meet John Lewis? Uh, he was in in Portland about uh, oh maybe ten years ago. He had a graphic novel that he uh, about <laughs> his life. That uh -huh. he, uh, wasn't a novel, or maybe it was. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But I went to his reading at Powell's, and wow. I was going to go up and uh, uh, get his autograph. But there was such a long line oh, of yeah. uh, 
and it was just, I said, so what am I going to say to him? You know, hey, John, you changed my life. He did change my life. I mean, him mm-hmm. and the SNCC. And so, but it was like the same time I was out at um, uh, uh, Heron Lakes Golf Course, mm-hmm. and uh, I was with a guy, uh, Paul Lindman, used to be a, a oh, broadcaster yeah. here in yeah. town. And he's, he he did the, he did the exploding whale story. Yeah, didn't he's, he? yes. he's Mr. Exploding Whale. His <laughs> license plate says whale on it. <laughs> he's got one of those personalized deals. He's got a lot of mileage out of that. And so anyway, he's we're in the clubhouse there at uh, Heron Lake, such as it is, and he said, "Look, there's Sandy Koufax." <laughs> And I go, no, Sandy Koufax wouldn't be golfing at Heron Lakes in <laughs> North Portland. And I, I went out, and sure enough, it was Sandy Koufax. Wow. It was, he was there, and he was going to get a, a bucket of balls, put his token in, get a bucket of ball. And so Paul Lindman goes up and says, oh, Mr. Koufax, I'm such an honor to meet you. And I'm standing off to the side. Uh-huh. And uh, – so for the, your listeners out there, again, both of them, um, they, Koufax is probably the greatest pitcher I ever lived, and I yeah. pitched in the big leagues for a grand total of one game. Yes. One game. Yeah. So what was I going to do? So I was sitting, go up to Sandy <laughs> Koufax, hey, Sandy, you know, you and I are part of the same fraternity. I pitched in the big leagues, too. You know? <laughs> and like you, I'm averaging a strikeout on any. <laughs> <laughs> two and two. And so, so I just stood there and just, you know, yeah. and I, I didn't even go shake his hand because it just it felt so ridiculous. You know what his last game was? Uh, no, I don't know. 66 World Series. Palmer beat him in the... Uh, to, to, oh, you would bring up uh, some stupid Orioles story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Who cares? Um, they swept the Dodgers in that, in that, yeah, that, well, that series. Not four, being, four games. Yeah, well, they had, four the games. Orioles had one of the greatest pitching staffs of all time. That's right. right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so that was uh, my John Lewis, uh, Sandy Koufax story. <laughs> I... I uh, um, so when when will the world see this book? Oh, probably at least a year. I'm, I'm really? close to being finished. I'm very close to being finished. But but what time, what does that mean? Close to being finished? Uh, well, it means I'm I. You mean I got to go over with editors and that kind of stuff and yeah and uh, and there's some things I haven't quite finished. Just my connection to certain people. Um, uh-huh. uh, I've got my story is all written, but I have to tie it into. I mean, what ties it together is the connection to the silent generation, uh-huh. and and you know, I figure my story is not fancy enough that I got to bring in these celebrities, and so, um, <laughs> you know, so uh, I still got a few of those to finish, but that they take like a day, but I can uh-huh. finish it uh, pretty quickly, and but but from the time you a book is accepted until publication. I've had to be anywhere from one year to two years. One, yeah. My book, Counting, Counting Coup, was two years. Uh-huh. I had to sit there and wait for it to come out. Wow. So it just depends on what else they got in the hopper and right. uh, or how much they want to, uh, publicity they want to put to it. or Who knows? Uh, those are executive decisions that they don't consult with me on. Well, you give them this podcast and see if they want, how much they want to do. Okay, I will. In fact, I'll try to sell it to them, you know, so you can make a buck, you know, so you can get a better office here. <laughs> get a real studio. It's a real. Well, it's real. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. It's real when there's a bar sitting behind me. I don't yeah, think that there makes you go. it real. Okay. But they, come to think of it, the last podcast I did with you, that was also in a bar. There seems to yes. be a theme going on here. Well, it was a coffee shop. Oh. The, really? Yes, yes that's, uh, that's why. I, no, wait a minute. Maybe that was at... Uh, it was down in North Portland somewhere. Catfish Lou's in know. Northwest, in the industrial part yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay, what yeah. What yeah. else have you done this? Well, we, for, the first, for the first several years, we did them actually in, a, in, in an actual coffee shop, coffee shop at, at uh, Northwest 18th and Gleason. Okay. And then... And then uh, You've come to the inner southeast now. You're working the... Yes. We've been, here, we've been here a bunch of years. Oh, yeah. huh. Yeah. I didn't get to notice. Well. <laughs> okay, onward and upward. The What's podcast, the it, it changes every week. There's a new one. There's a new one up every week. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, man. So I'm just one of 52. Yes. 
Okay, but then it's been 10 years since I did the last one, That's so I'm, right. I'm one of 520. <laughs> I yeah. see how special this is. Okay. So how many books will this, will this be? Six. Wow. Right. That's, that's pretty good considering that when I was at Berkeley, you took an uh, entrance test, and if you didn't pass it, you had to take a class called Subject A, which is a euphemism for bonehead English. And I flunked the test. I had to take bonehead English. And I'm one of the few guys in the history of bonehead English who flunked <laughs> bonehead English. Really? <laughs> and I had to take it twice. I took it twice. So when I. What was the problem? I, I don't know. It was, I wore my letterman's jacket, and that wasn't big at Berkeley. And so, uh, so uh, um, you know, some pinheaded TA, you know, I'll show this jock. <laughs> yeah. So. So when I got to call on my book, uh, County Coup actually got nominated for a Pulitzer. I wanted yeah. to call up the son of a bitch who flunked me and say, so, <laughs> by the way, how's your writing career coming along? You nim where, did you get a job there at uh, uh, Solano State or, or, uh, or teaching the inmates at you know, uh, San Quentin? What's going on with your career? I don't know. It's a good thing you're not bitter. <laughs> no, I got over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> well, not only did it, it, it um, uh, did you get no credit for it? It was no credit. Yeah. <laughs> it was full semester, and they charged you thirty-five dollars tuition. <laughs> was $76, so it, the, for this one class was, so that was in addition, you know, and my scholarship didn't cover that. Jeez. I had, I had to call up my mom or dad and say, I flunked bonehead English, send me another 25 <laughs> bucks or 35, whatever it was. It was, it was degrading. I, it took me so long to get over that. No, you've never gotten over that. Well, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> you, know, you drag me back through the ruins of my, my academic career. Which is, I'm sure it's my job. Yeah, those people, those professors I had at Berkeley to know that I went on to write all these books, they would go, that's not possible. <laughs> well, I thought, I grew up thinking, well, here's, okay, here's somebody, uh, one of the uh, Silent Generation superstars uh -huh. that's in my book who touched on my life yeah. is um, Hunter Thompson. Uh-huh. Who I hope uh, my life doesn't resemble at all because he was a, you know, he <laughs> blew his brains out. Yeah. But, Plus he was friends with P.J. O'Rourke. And Johnny Depp. Johnny <laughs> Depp, he got Johnny Depp because Johnny Depp played him in uh, uh, right. uh, Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, leaving, fear and, uh, and Loathing. Fear and Loathing, Los right. But Johnny Depp paid for him to have his ashes shot out of a cannon. <laughs> but Johnny Depp, however. Yes? sang a song the day after his trial with Amber Heard, uh -huh. which was the travesty of yeah. justice. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he sang- For those who care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was glued to that. Oh, I couldn't, man. <laughs> no, I could not. I don't want your, your two listeners to get the wrong impression. The, um, so he, he sang a song, uh, a tribute to Hedy Lamar. Oh, he, he has a, a song. He actually recorded it. Yeah, and, and it was on, it's on YouTube. You can do it. Johnny Depp tribute to Eddie Lamar, and and I'm sure when he was recording it, he didn't realize that Eddie was my ex mother in law, <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought he was, you know, it was a disgrace. Oh, you know, no, he's saying nice things about her because you know she's the resurrected uh, queen of technology now. You know? Oh, right. Yeah. Right, right. She's also the worst mother ever, but that's another really? story. Oh. Oh, geez. Yeah. Or, or grandmother to my daughter. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, she's, but she was nice to me, so that's in the bottom line. But that's she's long gone, right? 2000. She's been dead since 2000. Yeah, yeah. And she, you know. That's a long time. I, 23 years. 23 years and counting. <laughs> <laughs> But Johnny Depp has brought her back, and plus this whole technique, you know, she invented this thing that was, uh, uh, for, it was a radar tracking system for yeah. uh, U.S. submarines were malfunctioning during World War II, and she was very anti-Nazi because she had grown up in, in uh, Austria and saw the horror of the Nazis, and she collaborated with a, uh, a composer, and they invented this thing. It's yeah. 
across spectrum. It's now used in every Wi-Fi, every Bluetooth. <laughs> it's estimated value today, what she created, is $264 billion, Jeez. of which I got exactly zero. <laughs> I didn't get any. I, I, there That's was some remuneration at the very end, but not much. But oh. um, um, it's pretty. But the, the irony is quite thick that that uh, you would end up writing a book about sub a submarine. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Yes, I did. Yeah. That book was called No Ordinary Joes. So let me take the listeners into behind the scenes of how the publishing worked. Okay. Okay. So that book, and I worked on it for two or three years, and I had the perfect title for that book, mm -hmm. which was not No Ordinary Joes. First of all, No Ordinary Joes, and Joes is a term for Army guys. This is a book about Navy guys. Uh -huh. So uh, evidently they didn't knew that, know that in New York. So my suggested title, and that's all the author can do is suggest a title. Mm -hmm. All of my titles have been accepted, but this one, No Ordinary Joes, my suggested title was On the Coral. On the coral is a Navy term meaning on the bottom. Ah. And these guys grew up in the Depression on the bottom. Mm -hmm. They were scrubs in the Navy. They got their submarine or on the bottom of the submarine. Their submarine got sunk. They went to the ocean floor. They got captured by the Japanese. So they were still on the bottom, and they got out, and they had to struggle to get by after they, they got out of prison camp because of the atomic bomb. And so I thought, on the coral, on the bottom, Mm -hmm. And so when I submitted that, the publisher, editor says, well, nobody's going to know what that means. <laughs> and I said, all righty. Well, then what does to kill a mockingbird mean? <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? How about catch her in the rye? Yes. <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? I'll put it on the first page. I had it on the first page, an explanation of what the term means, meaning on the bottom. It's yes. a Navy term from on the bottom. I got voted down. And so, so my book came out the same day as the book by uh, 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 Laura Hildebrand uh -huh. um, called uh, Unbroken, mm -hmm. which then uh, Angelina Jolie made into a movie. Mm -hmm. So Laura Hildebrand made a zillion dollars. Mm. I'm sitting here with you. <laughs> <laughs> All the reviews, my book got better reviews. Yeah. But but that's the way it goes. It's a tough business, I'm telling you right now. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm well yeah. aware. Yeah, you've been out there. I have been out there a little bit. Yeah. But I don't even have a podcast to fall back on. Why not? Because I'm still cranking out the words. So? I don't know. Because I still have a radio show, and I'm, I'm still running Oregon Music News. I don't know. I, do we have to fight about this? Um, Apparently. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to turn on my computer, let alone run a podcast. I mean, uh, you know, that big fancy thing you got in all this equipment here. I don't want to do that. It was, it was scheduling somebody <laughs> in. What if they didn't show up? And, um, well, you can hire people to do that right. if you're getting, if you get, if, if there's money around. Cause yeah, how do you make money in a podcast? I you, don't. you get like iHeartRadio to back it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like, Does like, that ba do they back you? No, nobody, oh, nobody backs so. me. <laughs> right, because if we would have a better, <laughs> right? I, mean, do I, I at least got a free cup of coffee out of, so that's, that's right. a good deal. Yeah, so I'm appreciative. You're welcome. I don't think I'm, and the parking was free. That's right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I went across the street, I didn't couldn't tell where this was. You didn't park right in front, so you're well, not worried. You're not worried about cars who are. I'm around the corner. You're not worried about cars coming down. You know, 55 miles an hour on Powell. Just swerving and smashing into your car like no, I am. No, I have a high-end car, too. Oh, do you? Well, if you call it 2003 BMW, a high-end car. Yeah, it's well, high-end to me because I upgraded from a 2002 Honda. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a 2001 Taurus. Oh, my God. Hang on to that thing because someday it's not going to be worth anything. It isn't worth anything. <laughs> no, but it's a Taurus. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Those were very popular. With whom? <laughs> People who like Fords. Oh yeah, there's a there's a group out there that likes them. You remember Tennessee Ernie Ford? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, 16, I remember when I was a kid. What, what, Sixteen uh, tons. Yes, when I was a kid. Yeah. When I was a kid, the first time I realized what advertising, uh, the impact of advertising, and and how how it can change things. 
He was a guest on the Dinah Shore Show. I Ooh. remember this as a kid. Right. Guest on the Dinah Shore Show. Dinah Shore was famous for singing See the USA in Your Chevrolet. Yeah, right. And so Tennessee Ernie Ford, and every time they, they introduced him or talked about him, they had to call him Tennessee Ernie Chevrolet. <laughs> it's the truth. Okay. It's the truth. Well, I'll never forget that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like you remember when you, you these, these times when you first realized how stupid adults were. Really? Yeah. I guess I turned that around. Well, I mean, I realize how stupid I am. Oh, man, really? Yeah. How did you come to that conclusion? I listen to myself. Oh, wow. So <laughs> if you can't listen to who else is out there, those two people, I want to meet them. We'll have a party someday. <laughs> we can do it right here at the uh, Cafe Artichoke, uh, and we can all gather. You can get a table for four here, can't you? <laughs> I can get I can get. Everybody, and I you get, got a I lot get, of cloud around yeah, here. Yeah, man. Sure. Tell, let me tell you. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, are you looking forward to this as much as the other books? Yeah. Is there something special about this book? Yeah, because it's uh, it could be my last book. I'm 104 years old now. Oh, you don't look it. I know. 90, uh, 94. Drugs. Maybe. You know what the hell? <laughs> I had a clean life. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it, it's I've poured a lot of heart, and it's changed yeah. so much from when I started. Really? Oh, yeah. I started off, it was going to be me. I wrote a book called Goat Brothers, yeah. which, which was about myself and four guys I went to Cal with, mm -hmm. uh, fraternity brothers at Cal before fraternities went under. Well, I think they're back. But anyway, um, and it did well. And um, mm -hmm. so I was going to do the same thing, but I was going to do about four women I went to high school with. Uh -huh. and, um, and I found the four women, and I spent two years um, interviewing them and writing about them. And then one of the women, she threatened me with lawsuits, even though oh, she hadn't read a word that I had written. <laughs> but, uh, and I'll tell you in a minute why she was threatening me with lawsuits. But... but um, I submitted just a sample of it to the and my agent and uh, uh, basically everybody said no nah, I don't know I don't like this first of all a man writing about women what could go wrong there <laughs> 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 and so uh, and a couple of them, uh, well it's like it's like Sean Levy with his book about female comedians really people said the same thing yeah 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 and so it was like. When they read it, so it was my part was my so there was five stories with mine and the four women and and the, the people who read it were saying, well, yours I find your story more interesting. Get rid of the women, <laughs> <laughs> and, and these were all women that told me that, and so uh, uh, or maybe they just thought I was out of my zone comfort zone writing about women, uh -huh. but I didn't think so. I mean, I wasn't making any political correctness things. Yeah. I was just telling yeah. their stories. Right. So that's all I was doing is recounting. I wasn't making jo moral judgments uh -huh. um, on them. And so, but one of the women, I can tell you this now because she's not in the book and it's not done. <laughs> she, uh, she re really led a pretty pedestrian life, but uh -huh. she had a thing when she was in her 30s. She and her husband, they're living in, let's just call it Santa Rosa, for example. <laughs> And so her husband started having an affair with the next door neighbor. Yes. And so, so the woman, when I was writing about it, she said, well, I'm going to have a, an affair with the next door neighbor's husband. <laughs> so they were having an affair with their next door neighbors. And then they eventually did a wife swap. Oh, geez. Yeah, right. Those like those ball players. Yeah, but... Not as glamorous, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, and then plus she mixed in a threesome with another couple down the street. At one point, <laughs> she had slept with four people in her life, and they all lived on the same block. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, well, that okay, that's a good part. You know, it's hard to build a whole book around that, but yeah, I was trying, <laughs> you know. But she, she told me that, and all you know, she maybe had a couple of glasses of wine when she told me. But sounds then, like sounds more like a series on on Bravo. Yeah, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, but um, uh, like Milf Manor. Oh, one okay. of those kinds of things. I haven't, yeah. 
I haven't watched that one, but I'm take your word for it. So take my word for yeah. it. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so she started saying she told it to me, and I have it on tape. <laughs> I, I mean, multiple times. Really? Yeah, multiple times. With details? With details. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Well, not totally graphic, but oh. yeah, it was the best sex she ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and so. And she was worried that her husband, their ex-husband, who's still the father of her two kids, would they, I don't know. And she started threatening me with lawsuits. And so I had to, I just said, well, I got a way to settle this. You're out of the book. Yes. <laughs> and, but then I had to kind of, now, anyway, it's down to me. <laughs> just me out of, started with five and now it's me. But I brought in, instead, I brought in 40 superstars. Yeah. I got Tina Turner. She's really? A, oh, man. She had a big impact. She, I went yeah. and saw her in 1965. She appeared at Ciro's on Hollywood on Sunset wow. Boulevard in L.A. Uh -huh. with Ike. And uh, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> like that. It was, I was used to watching uh, Dinah Shore or, yeah. or, Dora, uh, or uh, uh, Alice Lawn from the Lawrence Welk Show yeah. or, or uh, people who sat there with their little lace collars and didn't move. I remember walking home. Buying her single, I can see a single, I think it's going to work out. But I remember walking home, clutching it with two hands, and not being able to make my feet go fast enough to get home and, and play listen. it. Oh, yeah. She's a, a marvel. I and mean, that, she, that was She 16. still holds the record for the largest audience for a single performance. It was 165,000 people in wow. Rio de Janeiro. Woo! Yeah. See, I'm as bearable walking. You are uh, of useless, <laughs> useless information. information yeah. But if it's all of, if it's about the people that I've written about, yeah. And because Tina Turner was, she predated you know Madonna and uh, all and uh, sure. Beyonce and uh, everybody, uh, everybody. And well, she, except Eartha Kitt. <laughs> yeah, but Eartha Kitt was a torch singer. She wasn't. Uh, 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 flying around the stage like Tina Turner was. No, she was, but. But she was. But Eartha Kitt was probably. But but Eartha Kitt yeah. is probably from the greatest generation. Not I, I, my, I spent a day with her. Well, it was really? fabulous. My God, yeah, there was no TV story, but still, yeah, just to be in her presence all day. Wow, she uh, was. Yeah, she was very nice. Um, yes. I'll so say. Tina Turner. I want to be evil. What a great song. <laughs> he opened me up to a new world, uh -huh. and that, but not just me. I mean, she redesigned female performers. Mm -hmm. um, uh, mm -hmm. I saw her in 1969, the winter of 69, mm -hmm. and she was at the Forum in L.A., which had just opened, and she was, the, she and I, she was still with Ike, mm -hmm. and they were the opening act for uh, um, uh, the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yeah. And it was quite a marvelous thing. I saw them around 72. Yeah? Yeah. And then she finally got wise. And, but she also, here's another thing that Tina Turner did. I mean, she she was very public about how she'd been a, a battered woman. Sure. And she came out front. And, and at those, that time, that wasn't publicized so much out there. And she really um, announced that and became a spokesperson for... Yeah. Um, uh, Abused women. Yes, and yeah. also ended up a millionaire. Well, she's very much. Well, she married a rich guy too. After Tina, they live over yeah. in uh, Switzerland now. <laughs> yeah, she's a. Uh, she hadn't performed in quite a while. Oh, I know. But I uh, know. no, she was an amazing, amazing person, and yeah. she she uh, she was she uh, started in St. Louis, but she she grew up in Tennessee, Nutbush. Nutbush City Limits. Yeah, that's yeah. a song she sang. Yeah, yeah. That's I played that on the radio many, many times. Right. Matter of fact, when I when I play Ike and Tina on the radio, I back announce it as Tina and Ike. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. So she, uh, yeah, she she went to see with her sister. She was like fourteen. She mm -hmm. went to East St. Louis, which was where the happening mm -hmm. uh, nightclubs right. in that right. area were. Yeah. Truck Berry. Uh, but she saw. Um, uh, Ike, yeah, and she got mesmerized by by him, yeah. and ended up, you know, she just asked if she could sing along. After watching him for a while, yeah. they let her up on stage, and yeah. she ripped it up. And Annie Mae Bullock, 
That's it. You do know some stuff. Oh, yeah. How do you know? Yeah, and I yeah. thought I was the only person. Um, what? Yeah, Annie Mae Bullock. Yeah. She, <laughs> what's the name of her sister? Who she went to see? Uh, I can't remember now myself. Oh, nice. don't, don't ask a question if you don't know the answer. Yeah, really. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I did know the answer. It's in my book. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember everything. Yeah. I plagiarized it. Um, so, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, uh, you know, examining the lives of, you know, whether it be John Lewis or uh, Tina. You know, Turner. that book sounds like a winner to me. I think it is. You know, yeah. we'll see. It remains to be seen. But it, it, it touches on, uh, well, first of all, there's a book re, re, in, the, was in the New York Times this weekend called Generations. But it's, yeah. mo- but it's more about m- the millennials and the Gen Xers. Yes. And who wants to read what a, what a What a sour bunch of people. I'm assuming that your two readers are not millennials or Gen Xers, <laughs> so I'm going to say, who cares? Um, I have a wide, wide, diverse audience. Yeah, okay, I'm sure you do. <laughs> you have a left-hander and a right-hander? <laughs> <laughs> Call in from the bullpen? Okay. All right. What else do you want to know about baseball? I, I, I want to know if the Orioles are going to win the World Series. Uh, no, the answer is we no they won't. But they're going to no. give a spirited run. So yes. I mean, considering where they were two years ago, um, is that me? That's your phone. Oh my God! It's probably my banker. Probably. I t- see how I I silenced him. It would be my banker. So here's my latest story. I got hacked, compromised. I, I've been through banking hell for t- six months. Literally, I've had to change yeah. accounts so many times. Oh, jeez! I was standing in my line of Fred Myers with my new bank card yesterday. And I got rejected. The whole line's waiting <laughs> for me. And God, it, it, it's unbelievable how bad they are. But I got the guy's phone number. I'm going to call him up and wow. say, I, I, "My banker got it for me." Because he, 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 <laughs> this guy, he lives in Florida. He called up. First of all, I think there was a guy from Pakistan or somewhere, and he called. But now it's found up this guy in Florida who's young, and he tried to disguise himself as an old guy like me and uh, the banker knew because the bankers dealt with me a million times and um um uh, but he got his phone number and he, uh, he gave me the phone number and i'm gonna call him up and say uh, this is special agent barrington from the <laughs> fbi you know, and scary so anyway so but he's he's made my life miserable well, i'm sorry and then now for the last hour i've made i've made your life miserable no not really it's, it's been an hour been I got so much more to 40, say. What's been 41 minutes? In fact, I have a one o'clock appointment with my banker. <laughs> That's why I got to get out of here. <laughs> it's true. I do. Um, just to summarize all the horror. And this is my ex-banker because I had to change banks. Jeez. It's like an ex-banker. Is that like an ex-wife? No, I only have one ex-banker. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, well, I got a bunch of them. I've just been saving that for, for you, Tom. I got more ex-wives than you do. How many do you have? Four. Oh, you do? Yeah. You're a scallywag. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think I maxed out. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. They're all wonderful. Well, people. listen, before we go, uh, is, is, is Wordstock still in existence yes, in any way? Yes, it is. It's not Wordstock. It's like, What's it called? It's called Portland Book Festival. Here's, uh, the, uh, here's the final. Because uh, Wordstock, would, that's too boomer. Too simple. So when I came up with the idea, I came up with the idea. I was at a book festival in Fort Lauderdale, and a friend of mine named Richard Ben Kramer, one of the great writers of yeah. America, who wrote for Baltimore. Uh, yes, indeed. Sun, yeah. The Sun. Yeah, he did. Won a Pulitzer for the, uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer. But he and I were on a panel together, and he said, you guys have a book festival in Portland? And I go, no, but maybe I'll start one and ruin my life. <laughs> and so I did. But for a year while I was raising the money and getting it together and figuring out how to do a book festival, and um, I, was, I call it in my mind, I call it the Portland Book Festival. And I said, well, that is such a boring name. And so... Uh, I was teaching teachers how to teach writing at the time, and I had a classroom of teachers. And I says, if anybody can hear, can come up with a better name than the Portland Book Festival, <laughs> I'll pay you 50 bucks. And one of the writers, actually it was a writer who was in there, uh, Leanne Grable. Do you ever know Leanne Grable? No. 
You should have her on your podcast. She's a very interesting woman, a poet and many other things. Uh, poets, oh, God. Oh, yeah, she, she can rhyme. Poets. Uh, but, uh, no, she doesn't rhyme. She, she's she's a uh, musician. She should never have a girlfriend poet, ever. Well, that's too late for me. <laughs> I'm not going to. I got Because they know too much. Well, they're too smart for guys like you and me. Well, but but yeah. anyway, but the, um, uh, so she came up with Wordstock. Yes. It was her idea, and I paid her 50 bucks. That's more than Phil Knight paid the woman who designed the Nike swoosh. He only paid her 25 bucks. <laughs> and so, so, uh, so then after I stepped away, and it was taken over by um, uh, Lit Portland uh, Arts and Lectures, mm -hmm. they take it over, and they call me up one day and said, well, come in, we have a question we want to ask you. And I, so I went in, and the director, nice guy, um, said we're going to change the name because they didn't want it associated with me with it you was, uh, well, right, can you blame uh, them yeah i understood <laughs> that and so so um yeah because of all the disrepute i brought on it yeah. so he says we're going to change it and i said well, what's the new name he says the portland book festival <laughs> <laughs> i go well that's the name i rejected <laughs> but go ahead run with it so that's what it's called huh and it's still but it's not it, they do it at the, up at the uh, art museum. We did it at the, at the uh, convention center. Yeah, and we had a. You asked me to read there. Well, I don't know what I was thinking about, <laughs> but um, uh, I was just hoping to get on your podcast someday. That's right. And uh, look, and look, look what happened. Twice, twice. That's really. And so, uh, out of five hundred and twenty podcast episodes, I'm two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. This is number 387, I oh, believe, or 388. Oh, okay. I forget which it is. You took some time off then. No. Okay. No? No. Even, right. with, even with all the surgeries and everything else. With COVID? Because the show must go on. I did these at home. Oh, well, thank God I didn't get invited to do one of those. Yeah, really. Oh, man. I, <laughs> oh, my God. Where you, you you used to live in Northwest. Where do you live I'm now? still there. Oh, my God. I've been there for 17 years. I think I years. was at your house once. I think so. I think oh, I you were at a party. Really? Yeah. Huh. I remember that. That's the last party I went to. <laughs> I'm maxed out. I can't do any better than it was a Yeah, it was a party at my place. Well, I yeah. haven't been to a party. I was still married at the time. I was too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't keep up. It's, so, it's difficult. Uh, it is. It really is. But at least you. I remember all their names. Well, gee, what a real <laughs> swell fellow you well, are. Well, because I can't remember anybody's name. No. Thank like you, Bill, like those having me on those those two those yeah, Michael Bolton those those two um, wife swapping New York Yankees I can't remember their names Mike Kekich and Fritz Peterson very good excellent do I get a, a brownie for that one no you 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 get to be in, I I think Kekich wants to have you for dinner <laughs> okay <laughs> there are a lot of hitters had him for lunch <laughs> <laughs> isn't that a funny one. <laughs> Oh. Hey, is there, are there any major league pitchers who 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 you you who were like you? Ooh. I mean, you're you. No, I don't. You I know, I, no, no, no. Because you, you were you were good. You just got hurt. Yeah. But is, is there anybody that you compare you compare yourself to? Well, I'd like to say, oh, Garrett Cole or somebody <laughs> like that, but I don't think so. But uh, no, I don't watch them. You know, there's some young guys like the the Mariners have some great young arms. Mm -hmm. They really do. Mm -hmm. I mean. I was a kid brash. He throws 100 miles an hour. And sure, everybody throws 100 miles an hour. Now. I know. So Did you ever get, were, you, were you ever you were on the gun? Uh, they hadn't invented the gun, so I can yeah. only estimate. I'm guessing yeah. probably 109, 110, yeah, something, something like that. that. It was that's just <laughs> I'm rounding it off, you know, because I think they invented the gun for me, <laughs> just for you, <laughs> just for me. So we got to clock that mother. And so uh, I don't know. I threw real hard, but yeah, but, I I, but I don't know. What Over the top. You come over the top? Yeah, I was over three quarters to over the top. Yeah, yeah but yeah. see, I was so new, or it was so long ago. There was no such thing. They didn't call it this anyway. The two finger and the, the two seamer and the four seamer. Yeah, that wasn't even. They had two seams and four seams, but they hadn't. We didn't call it that. You threw it with the seams or over the seam. Yeah, and uh, I threw it uh, with the seams, which is if I had to do it over again, I'd do it the other way. But the coaching was miserable. Isn't it amazing how uh, how popular the, the Portland Mavericks documentary has become? Yeah, I get more feedback from that than from my being in the big leagues. Yeah, 
you know. It's, yeah. uh, uh, and I got a Portland um, sweatshirt. Portland Maverick sweatshirt. That's great. Yeah, I yeah. do. And so I'm actually, I, here's one other thing you don't know about is that I was, they just showed at the Clinton Street Theater a week ago uh -huh. uh, a filming, uh, a showing of a, a movie called, a documentary called Fast Break. Huh. It's, a, it's a, a documentary of the Blazers during the championship years. Starts ah. off as a documentary about Bill Walton. He got pissed off at the crew, fired them, <laughs> and then they tried to get permission to. Uh, from the NBA, and the NBA wouldn't get the film crew permission, oh, and so then they, they did it. I was writing a book about the Blazers at the time, and so they made it a, a, a film about me writing a book. They didn't say that, but that's how <laughs> they got access to all the players uh, because they could say, well, we're filming this guy, meaning me. Yeah, But yeah. that's, no, it was, they had enough footage of Walton. It's A lot of it is about Walton, including yeah. he and I took a bike ride down the Oregon coast. Really? And so that's on the, in the film. It's actually wow. a quite an interesting film, and it captures the, the the time. So it shows about once every year. Uh -huh. There's this guy who who uh, is it on YouTube? I doubt it. No, oh. I don't think so. It's privately owned. And uh, um, but he's it, I've done several. Like I did a appearance or a speaking thing about it the other day. Um, did you? Yeah, it was at the Clinton. And amazingly enough, the place was packed. Well, why not? Well, I don't know what they did to advertise it. I'm not sure. But no, I didn't see anything. Probably not, because yeah. if they really advertised it, it would draw, you know, it's about the championship yeah. team. It yeah. really is. It, it captures the, all the winning in the locker room afterwards and everything. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Wow. Well, Michael Bolton, I appreciate you coming here. Well, damn, I, you know, I just happened to catch me while I'm on tour with the geezer tour. <laughs> no, he wouldn't be a geezer tour yet. Is no, he he's still a performing? zombie. He's a zombie. Really? Yeah. Didn't I see his name somewhere? Probably <laughs> not. Michael Bolton. Anyway. No, but I, I told you at the beginning, it wasn't Michael Bolton. And it's not it was, John Bolton. It, it was, uh, no. Whatever happened to him? But it was uh, Kenny G. Yes. I just yes. thought... It was romantic music. I was gonna. I was just courting this woman at the time. I didn't give it to her when she was actually my wife. Uh, it was we were dating, and I I was hard pressed for a birthday present. Kenny Gorlick. Well, is that his real name? That's his real name. Is there anything you don't know? Yes, a lot. Most of most things yeah. I don't know. All right. I just I just talk about the things that I can remember at well, the no moment. Well, no wonder he goes by Kenny G rather yes. than Kenny Gorlick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's end it, and I will end it the way I, we always end these things with when I say, that's entertainment. Oh, is that how you end it? Okay. All right. Thank you.